Hello, and welcome to Get Glowing. I'm your host and beauty coach, Hanny Patel. I like to say that beauty is an inside-out job and that a little extra self-care goes a long way in supporting a more confident you. If you're like me and you're wanting to glow a little brighter, if you have a curiosity about skincare, makeup, and all the things that make us beautiful, you're in the right place. And along the way, we'll be talking with highly knowledgeable beauty advisors who are going to share their expertise with us, give us great insider tips and tricks, and tell us their personal stories on how they've learned to create their own unique beauty. So let's get the beauty, the fun, and the community started as we build ourselves up from the inside out and get glowing together. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Thanks, Hanny. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited to have you here. So you are my makeup teacher and my mentor. And so I'm really, really excited and so honored that you took the time to be here with us today. Oh, how sweet. Well, it's my pleasure. Well, and I remember when I was going through makeup school with you, we talked about creating a podcast and we said, one day we're going to do this. And here we are. We did. And it's so cool that you have yours going. I mean, congratulations. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm just so happy that you're here. So I know that you've got so much great information to share with us today. And before we get to all of that, I just want to ask you just a quick question about like, what is your earliest beauty memory? Earliest beauty memory, let's see. It could be a good one or a bad one, right? Or a funny it could be one. <laughs> whatever you want to share with us. Okay, this is my earliest memory that has to do with beauty. My mom used to sell Avon. Remember Avon back in the yes, day? Yes, yes. Okay, this is hysterical. So I'm not even saying I was into makeup at this age. It was probably when I was like seven, eight, probably Brooklyn's age, my son. Mm-hmm. I remember going into the bathroom, opening up the medicine cabinet, and I just found these things, like spidery looking black things sitting on the shelf, sitting on the shelf. And I was like, what the heck? I take them down. I'm opening the little case and they look like eyelashes, but you know, just really huge much bigger than my eight-year-old lashes I had at the time. And so I started sticking them on my eyes without glue, thinking, oh, let me try these out. I mean, they just did not stick, right? They were falling off my eyes. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. I'm so surprised you even knew what to do with them because I, like you would have been like, these are spiders? What are these? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I probably saw my mom wear them one time. So I had, you know, some kind of idea, but... That is my earliest beauty memory of just taking some random eyelashes I found in our medicine cabinet in the 1970s, sticking them on my eyes, not knowing a thing about, do they need glue? And then they were lopsided. And I'm looking in the mirror going, ooh, this is weird. Like I would never, this, oh is, my gosh. this is the way people wear eyelashes. So well, yeah, that's the earliest I one. love. I First of all, I love that you, first of all, you went to something so difficult and sophisticated like eyelashes. You didn't start with like lipstick like most of us would have started. You went to like the difficult thing. But what I really love is I think this kind of shows that your level of interest, like something about makeup clicked in you, like you knew how to use something that would be so complicated and like went for it and kind of like investigated and figured it out which is, I think, something that's an interesting trait that you have. It wasn't just like, oh, what are these? And kind of left them like you were intrigued enough to figure it out. 
I think I was just really curious and I've always been into beauty and fashion. So I would just flip through fashion magazines, even that I, you know, when I was eight, finding some laying around our house of my mom's, I think just, I was just fascinated and obsessed with anything that had to do with models and clothes. So I find these lashes and I'm thinking, this is super cool. Let me put these on and see what they're all about. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> but it was so- a big fail, Hanny. It was a big fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? At eight, seven, eight, we can forgive that fail. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a picture. <laughs> oh my God. Me too. That would be hysterical. Yeah. So, all right. So you've always been into beauty and fashion. Did you know you wanted to be a makeup artist or like, what's your journey been like? How did you get to where you are? That's a frequent question I've had from many magazines that interviewed me over the years. You know, I've never, ever been into makeup as a child. Never. My thing was, I was obsessed with anything that had to do with Hollywood dancing. I had dance classes. You know, later on in high school, I went to a vocational high school where I studied theater arts. You know, I was captain cheerleader. I played piano. So I, my mom put me on piano lessons. So I was very artistic, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously correlates to makeup as well, but it was always on the other side of the camera, more the theater arts type stuff, right. performing arts rather. And, you know, again, I always was into anything that had to do with, you know, fashion, beauty, performance, you know, things that were not the mainstream job. Right. So, Later on, after I left theater arts in high school, I actually, on I think my junior year, I went to cosmetology. That was my, we called it oh, shop. Okay. Uh-huh. So that was the shop I changed to. And then I was a beauty school dropout. <laughs> I really was. You know, it's crazy because when I was doing like all the perm rods and finger waves, I remember, you know, all of that stuff. I just hated, hated touching hair. So hair was not my thing. I knew right away that I wasn't into hair. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And then when we were, you know, I guess throughout the year, I remember we learned nails and, you know, about skin, just a little bit about makeup. But I always related cosmetology, the word cosmetology to hair. And I knew early on in that class that I just don't think I was going to be a hairdresser. So... I just remember with all the girls in the class, they used to just laugh because I would talk about Janet Jackson's video, Pleasure Principle. And I love like the whole choreography. And I was just like big time into dance. So that was my obsession. And then my cosmetology teacher would write a note home to my mom and say, you know, Kimberly's this and that. She's outgoing and she's really enthusiastic, but she's always talking about dancing. And, you know, performing, not not so much about cosmetology. So (laughs) she told my mom, you know, it would be a shame that I would quit because I was quitting. I wasn't into it, you know, and I'm a big believer in you have to be passionate about what you do, even at 17 years of age. So I was quitting. And then she was telling my mom, you should have her come to summer school and just complete, I think, Hanny, I had something crazy little as 20 hours to complete it. And I did. Oh, you were like right at, oh my gosh, right you were right there. You were like I just at didn't the finish line. Yeah, wow. I didn't do it. I knew then, I knew when I was 10 actually, but I knew I was going to take off to either New York or LA and pursue something completely different like performing arts. And, yeah. you know, I'll let you ask you more were questions, de- but 
later on, I got into the whole makeup thing. So you were determined even at 17 that you knew what you didn't want. You might not have figured out quite yet what you were going to do, but you followed your passion. So tell us, because you then, didn't you just jump in a car and drive across the country? Because you're from Florida, right? Not from Florida. So I have property in Florida and then I have my second location. That's right. I am originally from the northern tip of Delaware. So about 25 minutes outside Philadelphia. Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm an East Coaster that just like all East Coasters, they eventually go down to Florida, but I ended up moving to LA. And then 20 years later, I ended up buying property in Florida. And that's a whole other story that was from my mother. So got it. I figured before I ended up giving up this house, why not try and open a school location there? So that's Very how Florida cool. comes into the picture. So when you came out to LA, you packed your bags, got in a car, drove out to LA, yeah. and you wanted to do what? Girl, let me tell you. What I wanted to do was, I don't even know at that age. I mean, it was pure adventure. I was a girl that, looking back now, I would have been like flipping out if I was her mother. But I just was an adventure seeker. I was a girl that wanted to explore the world, you know, the U.S., but definitely the whole world eventually. And I was excited just to pack my car on this unforeseen adventure. And I was kind of letting the universe take me where it was supposed to take me. I can Um, imagine so many people listening right now are thinking, wow, I wish I'd had the courage and the guts to do that when I was 17. You know, it's funny. I don't look at it as courageous. I look at it as... I was more of oblivious to the things that could happen. You know, at 17, 18, you think you're invincible, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't sit down and contemplate, oh, you know, this person can kill me alongside the road like, <laughs> as I'm driving down this back road. But you don't think of those things. So I don't look at it as I was brave just because now that I'm older, in retrospect, I just think I was just adventurous and excited and bravery wasn't even coming into play, you know? I can see that. But at the core of it, you were following your passion. Yes. Yes. That's when I, that's really amazing. So you get out to LA and what did you do then? Because you didn't get into makeup artistry right away, right? It took a little time. No, I mean, this story, man, this is like five podcasts of yours. (laughs) It is (laughs) a lot. We'll have to have you back on to tell more stories. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, I mean, God, Hanny, like I've lived, you know, 20 lives in that span since I arrived. You know, I took a detour to live in Arizona. I didn't come straight to LA. And I will tell you a very small story instead of, you know, the actual detailed story, but I was in Northern part of Arizona. So it was like St. Joseph City, I believe it was called. So it was up more like Flagstaff area if you're familiar with, you know, Mm -hmm. Grand Canyon area. So I just remember it was like two in the morning and this is pretty hilarious. My, (laughs) this will tell you how much I know about cars. So I'm driving cross country. I stopped in St. Joseph City because the hood of my car was just like, blowing out tons of smoke. Oh no, like a typical story that you see on TV in an movie of like the steaming hood. Totally. So I pulled, I pulled over alongside the road and I just thought, this is weird. What am I going to do? This is in the middle of the night. 
not around any, there's nothing for miles. And you're, okay? and you're doing this drive by yourself. Yes. Yeah. So I get out, I pull up the hood of my car. There's all this smoke and I'm thinking, what, what is this? I, I mean, I don't know anything about cars. Ask me later. I took auto mechanics class when I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> so I got back in my car and my car was able to keep going. And I got off the first exit and that was St. Joseph City. And what is crazy? I mean, don't know if it was the forces in the universe or me manifesting. I don't know. I didn't know anything about manifesting back then. So it would have been by default. But there was a garage, okay, in the middle of nowhere. And wow. you would think that this is like, what do you call it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Like, <laughs> yes. But uh, here I was just concerned about my car, thinking I need to get whatever this is, you know, fixed. They're not going to be open. But it was a, like a coffee shop that was open 24 hours. And this woman, this old lady told me that her son has an auto shop connected to it. And she's going to call her son. He looks at my car at two in the morning. So like wow. obviously the house is connected, you know, in the area to this coffee shop. He lifted up my hood and he said, you need oil. You don't have any oil in your car. And I, this is the funny part. I'm like, I need oil. Like cars need oil. <laughs> <laughs> you have like no idea what he's talking about. I had no idea. No one prepared me and said, this is what you need to do during your drive across country. You need to do checks, you know, and make sure that you have oil and windshield wiper fluid and all that. So I, that was my schooling, you know, on a car needing oil. So he ended up putting the oil and changing it for me. And in the interim, I was inside, you know, having a bite to eat. And I told this lady that I was going to LA and, you know, Maybe eventually I would fall into dancing or acting or singing. And this woman was frightened for me and just said, you know, you're such a young girl. And I was so naive. I actually told her how much money I had because she asked. And I was like, oh, I have this much. And I mean, it was nothing. And uh, she said, oh, my gosh, you should go to this town down south Arizona. It's a little college town called Tempe, Arizona. I think you should do that, make some more money, and then go to LA. So that's how my path took a detour. I ended up going down, even though she told me to wait until the morning, I took the back roads. She advised me not to, and I had no idea that it was like a two-hour drive, like going down the, I think it was Route 30 or something, and it was so scary. I thought it was going to be like a 20-minute drive to get there. Right. I mean, that's another story. I'm not going to take up too much of, you know, your time on this one question. But needless to say, there was a truck that followed me, that was terrorizing me. It was very scary. I finally made it out of there, got down. I went to apartment locators after sleeping in my car for a few hours and on the long side of the road. And I went to apartment locators. And I kid you not, the next day, I ended up having an apartment for $260 a month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. What a story. All right. Yeah. So when did the makeup come into play? So I was in Arizona for about four or five months, ended up moving to LA with less money than I initially started with. Okay. So Tempe didn't actually gain you more money. It did not. No, it did okay. not. No, a lot of weird things happened in that city. Again, another podcast. So I ended up driving to LA and makeup did not come into my life until at least, 
I'd say another seven or eight years. I was well into my 20s when I decided to go to Joe Blasco Makeup School in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it was a makeup school that was more geared for makeup for television and film. So I learned a lot about, you know, the backlighting and, you know, camera and all that kind of stuff, not just makeup. Right. Okay. And so we'll have a question for you. I know that you have the company Queen Bee Corp. And I understand there's a funny story behind that. So could you share that with us? So my best friends, one of my best friends, Nancy, she and I were at my friend's house in the Hollywood Hills. We were in the backyard laying by the pool and it was a super, super hot day um, during the summer. And there was an actual queen bee flying around my head. I mean, both of our heads, but it just kept coming over to me and I was like shooing it away. And I was like, I'm so frustrated. I'm like, what the heck? What is up with this bee? It just, it's torturing me. And I'd move my chair and it would just follow me. I mean, I must have been wearing sweet lotion or something. But she was laughing and she would always say, you know, that I was the queen bee. And then it kind of just stuck because of this bee flying over my head. She would say, well, you are the queen bee. So, and then for Basso, you know, with the last mm. time I'm spending with the bee. So it kind of just all fell into, you know, like a perfect piece of a puzzle going into, you know, a piece of a puzzle, I should say, going into a puzzle. You know, it just, it fit perfectly because she was just saying that I was just such a bossy girl and, you know, I just had no reservations about doing anything, but it was just really hysterical. We were laughing and that's how Queen Bee Makeup Corporation was born. Oh, I love that story. Well, that B had something to do with it. It was there for a reason. It kept going to you specifically for a reason to give you this inspiration. Exactly. And then with the last name Basso, it was just perfect, you know? It's perfect. Yeah. So then you then were a working makeup artist for a number of years, but then you decided to start a makeup school and you, I believe, created the first intensive makeup course program in LA probably about 15 years ago. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that come about? So how did you go from being a makeup artist to deciding that you wanted to teach makeup? You know, when I was a makeup artist, I, now remember, this is way back in the day, long before social media and Instagram, you know, took over and it made makeup explode, right? There was only like me and a handful of makeup artists. So it wasn't like you could reach out and find particular seasoned artists that could take you under their wing for a full-on week and just train you intensively and show you everything that they know. So I would long for that. You know, when I was just a makeup artist coming out of school, I would work, you know, Quaker oatmeal commercial or like these independent movies. So I was getting my feet wet, but I felt not so confident when I would get off these sets. I would say, you know, great, I'm learning as I go. Because in school, they teach you only so much. And then you, it's kind of like trial and error when you get out there. So I felt that I was desired that I could have 
a professional makeup artist that has been around for like 10 years that can just take me under the wing and actually show me the ropes and show me what to do, what not to do and certain techniques. And that way I get to feel confident. All you need is like a good week with someone who knows what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and good instruction. I mean, it's not rocket science. You know, you can learn this in a week and then it's up to you to just get out there and really, really practice until it's in you, like brushing your teeth. It's in your blood and you don't have to think about it anymore. So Getting back to your question, I just never found anyone out there like that, that can just offer that to me. And I didn't know where to, you know, seek that out. So I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I ended up developing a course and designing a program where it can be for all levels, I could, you know, train aspiring makeup artist students under my wing in less than a week because it started out with my four-day intensive. And then a few years later, I opened up the six-day intensive. But, you know, to my, I mean, I want to say to my surprise, but not really to my surprise, because if I was feeling this way back in the day, I'm sure so many artists felt the same way. Yeah. But man, oh man, when I put this ad out there on the internet, you know, way back in 2006 or something, you know, so many people were responding to it. They were emailing me, they were calling me. And one of my first students that signed up, she was Simon Cowell's agent. So she represented reality stars. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's when reality was just getting started, like really booming. Exactly. American Idol was just, you know, getting started and just becoming popular. So she said, she called me on the phone. She said that she's originally from Texas, but she's an agent over in Beverly Hills and representing Simon and, you know, so-and-so. And at first, Hanny, I thought she was like a prank call. You know, I just thought this is strange. Like who would call me up saying they want to drop being an agent because it's not their passion. Their passion's always been makeup. They want to move back to Texas and open up a beauty studio. So it just sounded too good to be true. And back then, you know, my prices for my courses were a bit cheaper. But still, it was a chunk of money. It was, you know, $3,000 that I just thought there's no way this girl's going to sign up and just drop some money on my table on Monday morning. So literally she said she was going to, she was signing up and I had four days from the time I hung up with her to literally polish and design that course (laughs) because I placed the ads before I even had the course together. I'm a big believer in just kind of putting it out there and then, yes, no, and I think that's, an amazing thing that you did because I think so often and myself included, I definitely like when I have an idea, I feel like I want it to be perfected before I take action on it. And I love that you took the action and then you built it as a result of taking that first step of just putting that ad out there. And you were kind of like pushed into it. Yes. I think that's very important to do that rather than, you know, take step A, step B, step C, why not just jump all the way to D? And then when that opportunity arises, get your crap together, you know? Right. Quickly. Right. Um, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it worked out. She came and took my course and she was so thankful at the end and said, I taught her so much. And she did actually move back to Texas and she got married to her fiance and she opened up her salon and, you know, to this day, she's like, Kimberly's the one that helped me get started, which, you know, I'm not going to take credit for that, but I mean, it was, it's very rewarding and sweet to hear oh, that, yeah. you know, for she sure. became successful in her passion. So. Right. And you're helping other people achieve their passion, which is, it has to be so rewarding for you. 
Yes, it is. I love, I mean, I have this one student that she's working with celebrities and, and they're current celebrities. I mean, maybe they're not A-listers, but I mean, there are people that you and I have heard of and reality stars. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, you go girl. I mean, I'm just super proud. And she's a young girl. So. Well, that's amazing. So Kimberly, I want to ask you a question. Like, how do you juggle it all? Because you have clients that you do makeup for. You have two makeup schools, one here in Los Angeles, one in Florida. You have your own product line. You're homeschooling Brooklyn and you're his acting manager. Like, how do you do all of that? Like, where does that all come from? Well, first of all, I could say I cut my sleep very short. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you need like a 28-hour day. Yeah, yeah, which is not something I advise people because my body has gotten so used to not having the full eight hours. And I do feel like that has taken a toll on my health in certain degrees. But yeah, how do I do it all? I don't know, Hanny. Some days I don't, you know? And I mean, look, I'm a normal human being, normal mother that I have my great days and my not so great days. Some days I'm fire. I'm fierce. Like I have my schedules, you know, we get up and my schedule is, you know, making sure Brooklyn has all his schooling done before 12. And that includes French and teaching him piano and his music theory, because I feel like he can go off on his own and do the math part and English and stuff like that. And during that time when he's doing those easier subjects without my help, that's when, you know, I'll sit at my computer and I have to, you know, do the marketing or, you know, update some things on my website if my intern's not around or, you know, create names for my products and whatnot. And then also, yeah, I mean, for two hours, he'll be in another room and, if he is not doing homework because he's just not feeling like it for those two hours, I'm fine with that. If I'm with a client, I don't want to be disturbed. So I'm like, stick on YouTube or, you know, watch Disney channel because, you know, I need my sanity and I can't always have, you know, my kid coming out and saying, Hey mom, can I have this? Can I have that? Or hearing him in the kitchen, you know, getting his his chocolate milk and stuff, mixing it up and dumping it all over the counter. <laughs> I mean, these are true stories, Hanny. You know, right. you, have a, you have a girl. Yes, so. yes. Well, and I think that a lot of us are experiencing that now because we're all homeschooling. Yeah. We don't really have a choice. So you've been doing this for quite a while. Do you have any advice for us, especially, you know, as school ends and we're not going to have, you know, I get three hours of dedicated time where my daughter has to be, on Zoom calls for school. But then after that, she's kind of on her own, but that's at least three hours. We're going into summer. We're not going to have summer school. Like what advice would you have for us? Because you've been doing this for a long time, figuring out how to juggle work and having a child at home and making sure they're stimulated and educated. Like what, what can you share with us that could help us? You know, first of all, I would say for all the moms out there, give yourself a break. And I mean, mentally, like give yourself a break. Don't be so hard on yourself. Because, you know, when I first started to homeschool him, he was entering second grade and I was completely new to it. I mean, I I struggled at the beginning thinking, oh, he's got to get this, this and that done every single day. No, 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 no. I belong to a homeschool mother's group on Facebook and the support on there is incredible because they've helped teach me how to adapt and how to create balance. You know, two days out of the week, maybe your kid's not going to do any work, you know, because you have to get your work done. 
And sometimes it's just impossible. So on the other three days, you could sit with him and you can really dive in deep and help them with the, the two days that he missed. Or honestly, I will tell him, you skip this Tuesday, you're working this Saturday for three hours. You do understand that, right? <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. So there's ways to balance it out and make up for it. And to be honest, that's not a big deal. If your kid misses a whole week, you know, get it in where you can. You know, mm -hmm. I know when we travel this summer, I could teach him on the road, you know, by physically being in a tourist location and teaching him about the Alamo in Texas or wherever we're stopping by. You know, I feel like that is absorbed in a child way more than just sitting there reading a book or watching a documentary. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, my advice is just balance and taking it easy on yourself. You know, you'll get it in and your kid will eventually pick it up. You know, whether he does last week, he'll, he'll get it in the next few weeks or next year even. You know, I think what you just said was so beautiful because I asked you what your advice was and I'm sitting here thinking ready to like take notes on what I should do as a homeschooling parent or as a parent whose child I have to watch over the summer. But your advice was really about us as moms and taking care of ourselves. And I love that because that's so beautiful because I don't think a lot of us would have thought that and it would have taken us a long time. And obviously you learned that going yes. through the experience yourself and having done this for a number of years. So thank you for sharing that with us. I think that's really, really helpful for all moms to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, I was hard on myself at the beginning. And I think most moms are, you know, don't you think we're all very hard on we ourselves? We are. We want the best for our kids. We want the best for ourselves, but you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And for yeah. us perfectionist type A's, I mean, that's like a death sentence, you know? <laughs> <We're> <laughs> Tell like, me about it. Yeah, exactly. we, want to conquer, we want to conquer all. So giving ourselves a break, I think that's great. Well, yeah. let's switch topics for a second. So since we've been in COVID, in quarantine, you've not only redesigned your website, but obviously your business, which is very focused on face-to-face, one-on-one interaction, whether it's doing makeup for clients or having people at your makeup school, you've had to pivot. So could you share with us like how you pivoted and how did you relaunch a website and tell us a little bit about the direction you're going now? Well, okay. The relaunch started before COVID and I will tell you a, a quick story. I, this is just long overdue. I've been wanting to redesign my website and people don't know this. They just think I was just, you know, getting lazy or I was just, I was satisfied with, with the website that was already there. Who knows what they were thinking? I was as busy being a mom, but also the huge reason why I did not redesign that website sooner is because I ranked organically in SEO. And if people know anything about SEO, when you rank organically and you're not paying a company to rank you, you want to stay there. You don't want to mess it up. And yeah. my website has a lot of history with, with Google. And again, I told you, I, I designed this website. Well, my programmer did a long time ago when my company first started. So it was only me. I think this girl, this is going to be funny, but her name was Mary Erickson. And there was another makeup artist. We were the three makeup artists on the front page of Google way back in the day. We're talking 18 years ago. Oh, Wow. So, you know, that's how early I got in. Mm -hmm. And because I have that history with Google, I didn't want to mess that up. And I would hear from so many different designers, you know, don't mess it up or stay with the same platform, stay with Joomla or WordPress, whatever your website's on. 
because Google might, you know, lose you or they might not. That is so interesting. I would not have thought about that because you not only, it's not just a website, it's like the location for how people find your business. I mean, this is how I found you, right? And so if that's such an interesting point. So for anybody who's an entrepreneur out there thinking like when you do a website redesign, it could potentially mess with your searchability and how you pop up. It could. And see, this is what I was told by so many different website companies. But the thing is, I, this is funny. I'm going to say this here on your podcast. I met this guy off of Tinder. Okay. Okay. This is getting good. (laughs) this, This is hysterical. Okay. So yes, people out there, I'm on Tinder and I have no shame. So, I mean, look, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm busy. I'm a mother. I have no time to date. So oh, yeah. I mean, I'm good for the, you. <laughs> I admire that. But, um, <laughs> thank you. So I met this guy and he was up in Canada. Super nice guy. We were chit-chatting. We both have kids around the same age. We lost touch for about six months, but I remember him telling me that he owned a website development company. And so six months later, this is around Christmas time, 2019, I just said to myself, I'm not going into 2020 without a freaking new redesign. Like, there's no way. I'm going to take the risk. Whatever people have told me out there, I'm going to call this guy because he seems super genuine. I like Canadians anyway. So I call this guy up (laughs) and I'm like, hey, you know, hey, I showed it actually Brooklyn's commercial. That was my, you know, excuse to to get back in touch with him. So I'm like, hey, his his daughter's into acting. Okay. look at Brooklyn's new commercial. How's your daughter's, you know, acting career going? So we got to talking and I said, Hey, by the way, I really want to redesign my website. Can you connect me to your programmer? And I know you're going to help, you know, me customize the front page and and help me design it. Cause I have a lot to do with, you know, everything that the website looks like. I mean, Mm -hmm. I worked my butt off with them. So yeah, I mean, I, the programmer told me don't have any fear. I am so good with SEO. I've had my company for like a decade or more. I will make sure that we do everything, you know, the proper way, the white hat way. There's uh-huh. black hat, white hat. So he was like, we'll do it with a white hat. We're going to take the copy from your website, transfer it over, and it should not affect your ranking whatsoever. If anything, it probably will help it because you have this brand new modern website with new right. content too. Right. Yes. It. So that's how the whole thing started. I mean, I just got brave. I dove in and I just said, you know, I'm going to do this, you know, whether I drop or not, it's the time. And then look what happened. COVID happens. Right. And I'm like, oh my God. So it took like a four month process from January to when I got back from Dubai, it was in the middle of that pandemic. So I would say three, four weeks after we got back, Mm-hmm. Well into April, my website got launched finally. I mean, we, we, okay. started- yeah, congratulations. That's exciting. I, I'm loving it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. So, and then on the school side and the client side, like, how are you pivoting your business now? So, I'm not teaching classes. You know that, you know, that's impossible and everything's shut down. Although, I did hear today that salons are opening back up. So yes, I, I heard salons and yeah. restaurants in LA are opening back up. And all the retail shops. Yeah. So that was a couple of days ago for the retail. So that's a good thing. So, but during that time, what I did, and this is the new thing to my website, everything else was pages that were already there before. I designed a 
online makeup school page. So I have now an online makeup school intensive, just like my in-person programs. But now this is for people from around the world. And it's almost cool that this happens. I'm not saying, you know, cool that COVID came about and affected, you know, the people that were compromised. But I feel like, you know, everything does happen for a reason. And I don't feel like I would have been pushed in the online direction so quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that that's a really good point because I think there's so many people who, while, like you said, nobody wants anybody to get sick from this disease, but it has given everybody an opportunity to reevaluate things, right? Whether it's spending more time with family because we're not commuting or it's, you know, having our children at home because they're not at school or having to rethink our businesses because we can't do them face-to-face. Like it's pushed people in a direction that we may not have otherwise gone. And so I think you're one of the few, you know what, I won't say few, one of the people who has taken something that could have and did in a way negatively impact your business and turn it into a new possibility because there's, I think, so much growth opportunity in the online space. And for you to get in there and now be able to touch people all around the world, that just expands your opportunities. And if you had just kept going in the same direction, that's something that your business might not have taken on. Absolutely. And, and, you know, for years, people from around the world, I do get a lot of students from overseas, but I just remember like Dubai people would say, you should come here and do a course or come up with an online course. So some people could not get to me, even in the U.S., you know, there's young girls that don't have the money to fly out to LA and take this course or Florida. So I do feel like it gives people who may not have the funds or the means to get out here or the time, you know, so mm-hmm. it's a cool avenue to dive down and I'm, I'm excited for the new journey. That's so exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to see where that takes you. Yeah. And I'll eventually add web series to it too. Like right now it's live, but I am going to put together like a web series program. So it's going to be pre-recorded and it'll be in modules and then yeah they can just take it, you know, whenever and so excited at, at two in the morning and, you know, I will be sleeping. There wow. you go. Maybe you can get some sleep now. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of sleep and your routine, like what is your beauty routine and like, how do you approach makeup for yourself and also for your clients? Well, I could say lately, I haven't approached makeup at all. <laughs> and it's been feeling really good. I just love not wearing makeup, you know, during COVID. It's been like awesome. But my typical beauty routine, when I'm obviously working on a set or teaching my classes, I put myself together. So I do what every girl does, you know, mascara and eyeshadow and liner and the whole routine. But, you know, on the days where I'm out and about with Brooklyn and we're at museums or exploring, I typically don't wear eye makeup. You know, I just Mm -hmm. slap on a little bit of like dewy liquid foundation and I stick on my shades And uh, it's kind of the way I'm out and about with my son as a mom. But as far as like skincare routine and things like that, I definitely use a lot of Murad skincare. Okay, yeah. Murad's always been my Mm -hmm. favorite. I've used them since I worked at a skincare salon like way back in the day. But Murad's been around forever. And I really believe in their products. I believe that their products 
actually work. You know, it's not just about marketing. They actually, I see results on my face. Yeah. The vitamin C products and the alpha hydroxy acids, I really believe that they have, you know, the cell turnover and they speed it up and slough off, you know, the dead skin and your fine lines and your wrinkles start diminishing. And yeah, I'm just a big believer in their products. So, and then, you know, from the inside out, I mean, I know you're the same, drinking lots of water. I'm a big juicer. So I do a lot of raw juicing, you know, with lots of like ginger and I even stick cayenne pepper. So I just think all that stuff is really great for your skin because you could do all the Botox you want, which I do. I do Botox. That's no secret, but you could do all the Botox you want. You could put SPF on, which is, you know, great. But if you're not eating properly and drinking lots of water, I feel like it's, you're not going to get the best results. And I feel like all of it comes together, you know? Yeah, Same way, you could do all the Botox in the world, but if you're laying in the sun, ex- what's that going to do right. for you? you exactly, know what I mean? exactly. So you got to so, do it all together. Multi-pronged approach, multi-pronged. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So before we go, I know you've worked on, you've worked fashion shows around the world and you have done many celebrity clients. Like, can you share any fun stories with us? You don't have to give names, but I'd just love to hear just some fun stories that you might have for your celebrity clients or your trips around the world. One client that stands out for me, and I adore him. I think he's like the nicest man ever. It was Michael Jackson's brother, Jackie Jackson. Uh-huh. On the Jackson 5. He was doing the Janet Jackson documentary on his sister. And so me and one of my friends who I brought in, he's a hair stylist, we worked with Jackie. And I just remember him being so sweet and just being the most down-to-earth person ever. You know, for being an icon and coming from an iconic family, you just have your preconceived notions that they're going to have an attitude or maybe not be so nice or friendly. He just treated me like I was his sister, you know, like he was just super down to earth and nice. And I remember when we were finished doing his grooming and, you know, his hair and his makeup, we had to go upstairs to the penthouse for the filming. So we prepared him down in the suite. And when we were moving our stuff upstairs, he was so kind. And the reason why this story sticks out in my mind is just because, again, I don't find that celebrities would necessarily offer to carry your makeup bag or help you. And this is an amazing, yes, this is an amazing man that was so humble that he said, Kimberly, you know, do you need help with this to carry? And I said, no, no, Mr. Jackson. (laughs) Wow. So he's like all made up and ready to go. And he's like, not afraid to break a sweat to help you. No, not at all. And, you know, for a moment, I thought, well, I was just newly being pregnant. And I mean, not so much that he can see it, but he did know, you know, we were talking Mm -hmm. about my pregnancy. So I think maybe I was just five months pregnant and I was wearing kind of like a loose shirt. So it's not like he can see and that I needed help. And I was eight months pregnant already and my back was hurting. But I, so for a moment, I just thought, you know, maybe he's just asking because I'm pregnant. But then he asked my six foot friend in a hairdresser, (laughs) male, male. And I thought, wow, like he's just a really humble gentleman. Just a sweet man. And to ask my friend who's the hairstylist. Yeah. So of course we both declined and said, thank you. But I mean, I just, that's a story that sticks out in my head. And I left there thinking, you know, people talk and people have their ideas of how celebrities are, but you just don't know until you actually meet them. And 
And you know what's funny with that story is I never knew how to work Twitter. And I, I still am not like a huge Twitter person. Uh-huh. But I remember that I wrote, I think it was on my Facebook page, which was automatically connected to my Twitter. So whatever I posted on Facebook would just go on Twitter. Oh, right. And I remember saying something like, or maybe it was my Instagram, I don't know. But I just said something like, you know, Jackie Jackson, what an amazing kind man. You know, he was raised by an amazing mother. You know, he's just a gentleman or something like that. And I cannot believe that he tweeted back. And I did. Yes, I didn't discover this tweet until five months later. Oh no! I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to work Twitter. So he, you know, texted back saying, "You know, Kimberly, that's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Whatever he said, it was a pleasure working with you." And I didn't get it until five months later. And I'm like, "Damn it! I missed my opportunity." Oh no! I tweeted back to him. (laughs) And I'm like, I was like, "Mr. Jackson, thank you. Anytime you want to work together again." But you know, he was long gone. I'm sure. Better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you can see it was social media challenged back then. Oh right, I can uh, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> well, Kimberly, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. It was fun. And then we'll just have in the show notes all the information on how to get a hold of you in case anybody listening does want to take you up on any of the services you have and buy any of your great products which we didn't even really get to talk too much about, but please check those out. Kimberly has amazing makeup products. Yeah. All vegan, right? Yeah. Well, not all vegan yet. So I am moving in the vegan territory slowly product by product. Okay. Right. So I still have non-vegan products too, but I'm crossing my fingers, hoping maybe at the end of 2020, if I get to Vietnam and start making, you know, my products over there, I could have everything vegan, which that's my goal. Awesome. Well, you have been such a pleasure to have on the show. I'm so excited. I got a chance to talk to you today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Hanny. All right. Thanks everyone for listening and have a great day. Bye everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Glowing with Hanny. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss an episode and tell all your friends about it. Share the love and come join us on our Facebook page, Get Glowing with Hanny. And tag me on Instagram at Hanny.underscorepatel. And if you got inspired by us to try a new product or technique, please tag me on that. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you found a new product that you think I need to try, you can also email me directly at getglowing at Thanks for listening and see you back here on our next episode. <laughs>